Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm back today with the very lovely Nikki Brazier. Nikki, how are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. I didn't rhyme anything for you this week. I'm sad. I'm sad. I was waiting for it. I know. I'm sad. I didn't, I'm not well planned. It's been a long morning. I had a really, really horrible wad this morning that I told you about earlier. It's just, uh, I'm just not, I'm still not right. I haven't fully recovered emotionally. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Sometimes you just deteriorate for the rest of the day. You ever have those wads where, uh, you know, it's just like, it's horrible and physically you recover pretty quick, but emotionally you're not over it all day. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I have, there's one workout that I did and I'm not even exaggerating. It was probably five or six years ago. that still like haunts me emotionally to this day is the worst, uh, the worst event I've never recovered from. It was a partner, partner, uh, competition. This was in Southern Maine. Me and my partner had to weigh in when we first got there and they wrote your weight on your forearm in Sharpie, which is, you know, traumatic as is. And then (laughs) the workout was like one person does like, it was air bike, uh, free. And I don't even remember like 20 calories. It's something disgusting. And then you had to push a sled down and back a hundred meters with like your combined weight on it. It doesn't sound so bad when I say it out loud, but I promise, like, I'm still traumatized by this. Oh, no, it, it sounds the bad. worst thing ever. It was the worst. Well, we Just walking around all day with my arm, like, behind my back. Like, you can't see how much I weigh. Don't look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have tapped out of that wad as soon as they said, get on the scale. I, uh, bad. I, I had one on Wednesday that uh, was 21, 15, 9, toes to bar, 15, um, 9, 6, burpee box jump overs and then in between each of those rounds was 90 double under so you do 21 toes to bar 15 burpee box jumps 90 double unders and then so on and so forth so it's you know 270 some odd double unders well i'm good at double unders like i'm not even bragging i'm just good at them i've been good (laughs) at them not even mad i'm not it's like it's the one thing i do pretty well right so i come out i kill the toes to bar did them first round unbroken jumped into the burpee box jumps did those fine, get on the rope. It's like five trip, five trip, five uh, for like 90 reps. I just, oh, by the time I was done, I literally just grabbed my rope and just threw it across the gym like a pouting uh, little bitch. Like it was horrible. It was so dramatic. It was. I was so dramatic because I, I can do them. And I was like, man, this thing took me like three or four minutes longer than it should have because I'm just tripping. And so I'm still not emotionally over that one either. I'm still pouting. It's rough, man. It's that, that honestly, those numbers alone sound like more of a mental game than anything else. Yeah. It's been a rough two days. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the news. So a lot of stuff going on in CrossFit. It looks like uh morning chalk up just, uh, and Tommy, our boy, Tommy gave us the, the rule book and the drug testing policy. Did you get a chance to look it over? Yeah. So there's a lot a lot that looks like it's different, a lot that looks like um, the same. So outside different, inside same, same. Um, but what's, I think, first of all, it's impressive that I'm sure Tommy and, and whoever he had helping him out with us had to like absolutely pour over the legal documentation here. So big thanks to them for like breaking it down for us. Um, but in general, I think, you know, there's there's a lot that is the same, which is fine because things have been operating in one way, shape or form in the way they have been for a while cool, no big deal. But there's something that's really different that I think are going to seriously shape the way that we move forward and 
are almost like learning experiences, right? Like the backfilling individual versus team roster situation is what stands out to me as the, as the most interesting in terms of impacting how people qualify. Want to start there? You want to start somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, no, let's jump at the, so the one question I, I know you're not going to answer to this, or I think you won't. Um, but the question I get all the time that I can't answer is what are they going to be numbered? Everybody wants to know, are they going to be 19, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, or are they going to be start at 20.1? Like it's having two opens in a single year is really freaking everybody out from a numbering standpoint. Do you have any oh, idea? Oh my God. No, I don't. I have no idea. All right. Well, because, that's homework for somebody. Like we need Tommy or Justin or one of those guys to get on this. Cause this is important news to know. Like I need to know, is it going to be 19.6 or 19.1.1? Well, I guess the bigger question is, was the open numbered for the open year or the games year? Because if we do, if October of 2019 is open qualifier workout 20.1, then it's for the, they could argue it's for the 2020 CrossFit game. So it's fine. Yeah, so we could. could just keep going up. See, this is why you're on the podcast because you're way <laughs> smarter than me. I can't I figure know, this. I can't figure this shit out. It's all math to me. It's like you know, you think a banker would be better at math, but I can't figure this shit out. So, first of all, you know I can't do math, and second of all, I am literally making shit up as we go. So I'm glad you like it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Uh, I don't care where we jump at. How about the the backfill, the national champion spots being backfilled? That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Um, I like that a lot because so the, the what it says is. A national champion spots will be backfilled if a national champion also earns a spot as a member of a team and then elects to compete on that team instead of as that individual national champion. And then it says athletes who have full intention of competing on team to games can compete in the open without fear of it occupying the national champion spot. We saw that happen last year with Joe Scally. So it's nice that that was sort of taken care of this year because it, it, I don't want to say like, it's not fair, but like, it does suck. Like if you're a national champion or if you're close to being a national champion and that spot could have been open for you because someone else steps aside willingly, like give someone else a chance. If we're really going to be this like worldwide representation of all things fitness, give someone else a shot. Here's a fun fact. Did you know Joe Scully was one of my very first followers? No, stop it. He was literally my first games athlete follower and he was within the first 200 followers. Um, I think I was actually within the first 200 followers. Well, you and Joe, those are the two notable people. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe's my BFF. He, uh, he like actually hunted me down at the games to get photos with me. Cause he's been following so long and I love that dude. He's so funny. You were um, still CrossFit Trump back then. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a long time. A little fun fact that fits right into the national champion piece. So, <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. I know. So how's the rest of the backfilling stuff go? Okay. So then it looks like, um, the rest kind of goes by the rules of last year, which is, um, national champion spots go first, they're awarded first and then top 20 and then sanctionals. Um, and then obviously sanctionals backfill on their own, in their own process, however that may be. I and mean, when you want one of those like string charts that like you put up when like you're trying to like solve a murder or whatever, to right. figure out who gets qualifies from where, um, but I think then the interesting thing um, in my mind is figuring out how many people can go or be registered on your team and then how you can use people to sort of fill your team from that point on. So teams will qualify with four people, obviously, but they need to list 
six people on their roster. And what we were seeing last year is that other people who are qualifying as individuals or other athletes were being used on those rosters in other team events to try to get people to qualify. And that's not going to be the case anymore. So you're going to have to, um, did that make any sense? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, that was the the big complaint last year um, or this season which was you could put someone on your team, get qualified, and then that person could drop off your team and your team's still in, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, which is a real like it was a real gaping hole in the in the rule book. Cause then you'd get teams on and you have a totally different team in the games than you had that qualified. For better right. or for worse. I mean it could really could go either way. But the truth is it's like you could get qualified with a much better athlete, replace them with an athlete not quite as good, but you're still going to the games. And it's just not it's not fair to everyone involved. Right. And also the way that they determine like who can help a team compete later on is also going to be very specific. So basically what it means is that like if an athlete is a member of a games team roster, so those six, but then competes at a different sanctional on a different team later on, that team that qualifies with that athlete will not be able to get the games invite. So that team can still compete. They can win. They can make money. They can do whatever they want but they can't, they can't go to games because one or more of their athletes were already on a different roster. Even if they didn't compete, even if they were the six. So if it's me, you, and a few other homies and we're a team of six, and then I go and compete somewhere else with someone else's team and we win, that team can't go. I don't think there's ever, there's there's never going to be a moment where it's you, me, (laughs) and more homies. (laughs) We are the least homie people ever ever born what well, makes you say that well the for one it's sad to hear that for one it's probably the big starbucks pumpkin spice latte cup next to you <laughs> that i can see on the screen um, you're saying i can't be a homie and a basic bitch at the same time i i don't know maybe maybe i i've i've never checked <laughs> <laughs> fine fine but you know what i mean it's confusing but it basically means that we can't have these super teams stack their rosters for a number of different competitions and then have their pick of which team that they want to go to games with. That's what that means. They're committed. Well, the real question is, if they just go ahead and give the gold medal to mayhem now, or do we still have to wait? Man, isn't it wild? Like it doesn't matter. I thought this super team bullshit was going to mean a completely different landscape for teams. And for a hot second, it did in sanctionals. It did because mayhem didn't win every sanctional they went to. And, and we saw a lot of other teams step up and we were like, damn, okay. So, Lots of individual athletes can come together and make a team that wins. And that's kind of cool. But then, and then games happened. Well, see, I'll, <sighs> I'll, I'll make the sacrilegious comment and say that if team Krypton had had the same amount of practice together that mayhem did, it would have been more competitive. Not that it wasn't competitive. It just would have been either closer or they would have had a much better chance of winning. I mean, I think that's where rich is brilliant is he brings people to his gym and they stay there and they train together for a long period of time. And, you know, it's a team sport, you know, you train together, you're going to be better than even if you have four super athletes, which, you know, Krypton had amazing athletes, but, you know, maybe not the same amount of time under the belt that Rich's team did. Do you think though, that that implies that communication breakdown was the reason that they didn't get to the top of the podium? No, not exactly. But I think, you know, you've got to think that, you know, it's just those little subtle things that can happen amongst a team when you've worked together for so long, you know, what your partner's going to do. And it's not to say that, you know, um, you know, it's, that's uh, Alex Smith's team with Jessica Griffith and who else was on there? Um, Camille and uh, was it 
Mooney. Is that right? Did I get it right? Tony. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's a terrific team, you know, but you think you've trained together five days a week or you train together a few weeks out of the year. It's just, there has to be some, some communication breakdowns from time to time. Um, yeah, just I guess it just, it's just funny to me that we saw that happen so much at games. Whereas a lot of those teams that went to sanctionals together also weren't, you know, competing or training together a lot and still won. You know, yeah. we watched that Krypton team under many different names <laughs> right. get to the top of the podium at a few different sanctionals. And I think of the Invictus team that won the very first sanctional in Dubai last year. I mean, they weren't training together and they were unstoppable. So I don't know. I don't know what happens between when sanctionals ends and games starts, but that's when mayhem's like, <laughs> actually, guys, well, I'll just take this from here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm speculating. I'm certainly not trying to take anything away from mayhem. Those, you know, Rich and his team are always amazing. And, yeah. you know, I'm the world's biggest Rich Ronin fan. So there's, you know, certainly not a criticism of what he's doing or that he shouldn't have won. Um, you know, it's just, it'll be interesting to me to see as these teams spend more time together and get, you know, better at the communication piece, how much closer it will likely be. But I, you know, I said the same thing on the women's side and then Tia went out and just blew everybody away again. So. Yeah, no, it's true, but you're right. You're right. I mean, they, something special and magical happens in Cookville. Like I just think everyone who is there and hanging out there and working out there, like they're so happy. It's like this community. It's like a family. I want to go. Can we go? I want to be in that family. It's probably the biscuits. I mean, they're in Tennessee, so they got to be eating biscuits every day, you would think. Protein I, biscuits. First <laughs> of guessing. all, I already eat biscuits every day, as my lack of abs can tell you. Um, but no, I just, I feel like they create something really special there, and I, I would love to see it. Yeah, I want to go. I've never been. Let's so if, if, if somehow uh, Rich hears this, I expect my invite anytime now. Um, I want to, I'll tag along. <laughs> family road trip. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so other changes. Um, let's see the list here. So it looks like there's some changes to the review team, the way they're uh, figuring out penalties. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And that'll, that'll basically mean that like, <clears throat> it used to be like a number of penalties, like no matter how, what kinds, like a number of skipped reps, one to five was this type of a penalty and five to 10 was this type of a penalty. So the changes will make sort of each penalty uh, independent of that number alone and weighted differently. So for example, missing five double unders is not the same as missing five pull-ups. So it'll be more on a, on an individual basis, which is cool. And the review process will open it up a little bit more to, you know, people being able to view them online, but that has kind of always been the case from what I understand. But, um, morning talk up tells us that at least it'll be a little bit more public, a little bit more explicit in how it's been written, which oh, is yeah. cool. I'm excited to ask athletes about that. And the next time I get to do interviews, like, how do you feel about like everyone just like weighing in on your shit? <laughs> uh, see, I hope it isn't. Cause I love the drama. The drama is good for the page. So <laughs> I hope that oh. it stays as vague as possible, but, and truthfully, like the average athlete isn't going to read any of this or even listen to this podcast. So they're not going to know that when they, when the penalties start coming down, everybody's going to bitch and moan and it'll make for great memeing. So I'm good okay. either way. And that case, I take it all back. No, you're right though. It will be fun to talk to the athletes and to see what it means for them. I mean, I was, as I was reading through it, you know, was, you know, they're trying to determine the difference between a minor and a major and like four bad reps is a minor, anything five or above is major. So I'm thinking great end of the wad. I'm done with four reps to go. Just done. Just all set. Yeah. Just give me the penalty coach. I'm done. It's probably faster than I could do it anyway. Seriously. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, video submission requirements are a little different. It's all right. <laughs> so they're still wanting the top 40 to submit every workout video. 
So that'll be cool because I think in the past it's been more of like, uh, if you qualify HQ can, you know, go back and ask you for whatever videos they want from whatever qualifiers they want. And I think it, it'll, seems like it's going to be more of a hard and fast thing where like you're in the top, you're submitting a video, which is kind of cool. See, I've said forever they should make the top one. I mean, like if you're in the top 100, you should be submitting. And I'm always flabbergasted. Like it was last year when, uh, you know, they had all that drama around Devin Ford or somebody and there was somebody yep. else. Um, you know, they didn't have their videos ready to submit. And I'm like, you're in the top 50. How can you not have a video prepared? Like you're trying to get to the games. Like I watched Saxon and Spencer video these things, man. And they're busting out multiple cameras and they're walking yep. around like yep. every inch of the gym. They're just meticulous about it. And I don't know. It just... Yeah, I know. I totally agree with you, especially if this is your career. I think that the the IOQ is doing it right right now. So we're in the middle of the um, the online qualifier for uh, Wadapalooza and some of the other events. Um, Filthy One Fifty South Fit, I think, is in there. Mm-hmm. But the IOQ is you know the one qualifier for all of them, and their video uh, submission rules are very stringent. And I like them. Like you can record via two apps, two different apps that actually like have that workout built in and have the clock built in and have everything built in. And the second you're done, um, that video is automatically submitted, which is great. Like you don't have to do anything about it. It's in their database. You're done. You're all set. It is from that day. I mean, you can do it as many times as you want and your better one is the one that still counts. It's not like you get penalized for having a worse one and a better one, but that's already all set. And then if you are competing, you have to have your shit uploaded to YouTube by the submission date. Like not, they're not going to go back later on and ask you to, to give them a video or whatever. Cause you could have recorded that whenever. So it's stringent and it, it makes it harder to submit by a deadline. Cause you're not just clicking enter on your score. You're like actually fully uploading your video, but Hey, I mean, you want to compete and be on the same playing field as everyone else. You got to get your shit done. Man, I, I hope eventually we're at a time where the top competitors are required to put all of their stuff out on YouTube so the world can see it. Swear hmm. to God. Like, I would love to see, you know, I mean, like, you know, Frazier did it last year for 19.5. Like, he put yeah. his, he, like, he put it up, like, right out of the gate. And he, or it, was it 19.5 or it was actually the one before that, I think maybe 19.4. And or 19.3, I don't know. It was one of them. It was one of the 19s. Anyway, he, <laughs> he killed it. Him and Tia did it. And he killed it. It was the one that had muscle-ups and burpees over the bar, you know. And I thought that was really cool. You know, this guy's, he's got the most to lose of anybody, but he's throwing it out there for the entire world to judge, you know. And uh, I thought, so I'd love to see a world where that, you know, comes more to fruition. Uh, and yeah. truthfully with, you know, CrossFit being absent from Instagram and other platforms, I think it'd be really good for their brand to, to at least to promote the games, to have, you know, more content out there for people. But my humble opinion, my not so humble opinion. (laughs) No, I mean, it's the complete opposite from people who try to game it and like not submit their scores until two minutes to the deadline. And so the, the other news that blew me away, 28 sanctionals. Oh yeah. You didn't know that. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. That's a lot of sanctionals and I can't, I, I can, I can only go to like three or four of them. So I'm a heartbroken. I need, I need everybody to send me a dollar so I can go full time. Everybody mail me need, a dollar bill. I know I'm looking at the season being like, man, I hope some of these cool events call me. <laughs> they definitely need someone to interview athletes or do social or just walk around and, and um, take it all in. I hope they all decide they need someone just to walk around and make rude comments and I'll be rich. But uh, I thought it's just interesting. There's just so many 
so many sanctions, so many paths for people to get in now. I mean, I think that's good for the sport, certainly good for the athletes and a chance for some of them to, you know, make a little more money. I guess my only real complaint about the sanctions is there's no, it, it appears as if, at least from the news that's out, there's no uh, streamline judging process of the sanctionals yet. Um, you know, like no international committee, like any of that. And then the prize money is ridiculously different, you know? So like last year at water at, uh, Dubai there, you know, the, the purses were huge. And then you could go to the Mac for instance, and it's like five grand, you know, and right. You know, yeah. no to the Mac, mean, which was a great event, but you know, it's just like, as an athlete, you got to kind of pick your spots cause you want to qualify and you need to earn. It's a kind of a delicate yes. balance, you know? Yeah. You know, I guess in that respect, I don't mind them being super different like that because it, it does open it up to so many more opportunities for people to host events. Even when we talk about all the opportunities for the athletes and for the spectators and about people who like want to make a mark and host an event. And I kind of think it's cool. I mean, as an athlete, you got to figure out what is worth your time, what's best for you. And, um, you know, having those options and having some events bigger than others or more popular than others or making more money than others. It just, it just kind of opens it up even more. So I, I don't really mind that. Um, I think it'll be interesting that there are so many opportunities for great athletes to make their way into the games legitimately. And yet we still have the wild card option. <laughs> well, you're insinuating that wasn't legitimate. Uh, well, I mean, it's I, I know weird. I don't know. I mean, I just think, uh, I don't know. I go back and forth because on the one hand, like I really like Hunter as a person and I liked watching him out there. I thought he was great. I actually, made me like very proud that like someone who does CrossFit as a training method for another sport can still make such a showing. I was like, I felt really good about our sport and what we do in our community in that respect. Um, but I heard the people who said, man, there's so many ways to get in. Like, can you just get in by winning a sanction or can you just get in by doing well in the open? And I don't all fully agree with it, but I, I hear that argument too. I, I hear the valid points in there. And again, like Ben Smith is a perfect example of someone who absolutely use that to his advantage and should have been there and deserved to be there. So I don't know. I go back and forth. It's like on the one hand, there's almost 30 ways to get in at events alone outside of the open, outside of national champions. Do we need this wild card bullshit still? And on the other hand, like I loved it this past year. I don't know. Well, I look, Glassman was really clear with this at the games that the purpose of the wild card is to get a loud mouth in there. And he admitted that he made a mistake, which was really rare for him, by the way. Um, he said that, you know, that Hunter is a CrossFitter who happens to do OCR and he's right. He is, he's done CrossFit for years and that isn't yeah. the type of person they wanted. Like what he wants is someone who's a total loud mouth that trains differently than we train, doesn't do Metcons, doesn't do Tabatas, doesn't, you know, do all the like craziness that we do day in and day out you know, maybe like a strict bodybuilder or, or I don't know what, like, you know, anything other than CrossFit, but thinks they can come in and compete and he wants to put them on the stage. And the problem is, you know, we haven't been able to find anyone that can do that. So that's really my challenge, I guess, for the fans and followers, I need somebody to point these people out to me so I can get it, you know, you and I can like push it up the ladder and get people to look at them. Um, yeah. They're not as prevalent as they used to be. I think that's the, the problem. Like Greg kind of has it in his head. And I think he's admitted this to us that in his head, you know, the world is still like it was eight years ago where you had these, you know, T nation and these other groups that CrossFit wasn't big yet. So they're judging our methodology and there wasn't any real proof that it worked. So they're all giving us the finger and saying we're crazy and that they're better than us. And now they're starting to see kind of peak athletic performance 
and they're going, Oh, well, maybe I should try that now. And so now they're all <laughs> also crossfitting. And so they're not loud mouse anymore. Right. And there's very few of those people. So, uh, you know, if there are some of those people out there, we need to know who they are so we can give them an invite and see if they'll come on, you know? Yeah. It'll, it'll be a, a totally different vibe if that happens versus when it happened with, with Hunter and Ben. I'd like to see him use the wild card too. Like I liked how they used it for Ben. I'd like to see him use it, you know, maybe for an athlete or two that were right on the fringe, like people that went to multiple events and just missed like Saxon almost just missed. And he finished ninth in the world. Like right. he finished like second or third and three or four sanctionals and had someone not, you know, gotten popped in the drug testing phase of the open. Exactly. He would not have gone yep. and would have missed by one spot like four times and, and proved that he was in the top 10. So it's, you know, I think there's some good use for that wild card if they could, you know, find a way to, you know, pick one or two athletes that were on the fringe that would be competitive and, and get yeah. them out there, you know? Yeah. You know, the other thing that all these sanctionals means is that there's going to be way more teams at games next year. Not every sanctional has a team division, but sanctionals are still the only way for teams to qualify. So we'll see a lot more of them in 2020. Uh, a couple other things that I thought were notable, um, transgender policy didn't change, which I think is yeah. from a drama standpoint, again, like, you know, I love the drama for the page, like people <laughs> raised holy hell when they found out that they were going to let transgenders complete, compete. And it was complete and utter non-event this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm supportive of it happening. Like I, you know, I'm totally great with it. Um, but you know, name one transgender athlete that competed, like, you know, you yeah. there, weren't, there weren't any that were notable enough that you thought, okay, well they might make it. You know, and right. that that might change. And I actually, I hope that it does because I think it'll spark a lot of really interesting and and good conversation in the community. But uh, yeah, it's yet to be seen. And then the the drug testing policy. Um, the only couple in there that I thought was that were interesting. I mean, most of it wasn't different. Um, but they had the inclusion of the over the counter performance enhancing supplements. So you know, I guess just what I what I got out of that. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it could be. Like anything you, like I buy a lot of supplements at like, you know, vitamin shop or GNC or wherever. And if something yeah. in that, you know, comes out to be a banned substance, like you're not going to be able to say, oh, I bought it at GNC, you know, you're going to be out of luck. Yeah. I also, and I could be way off. So maybe someone who knows more about this should weigh in um, and not me, but I also kind of took that to mean like, remember, like you, I don't think you can take like Sudafed. And like those types of over-the-counter medications. Oh, yeah, even. yeah. You like, can't. Like my uh, right. my daughter um, takes Vyvanse. It's, a, you know, ADHD thing helps her focus. And that's a banned substance, you know? Like, right. So, and I think, yeah, I think, and I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but pseudoephedrine, like those, yeah. the, you know, things that are in like DayQuil, like you yeah. can't take. So I think it's just another nod to like make sure that everything you put in your body, even if you just have a cold and you're trying to compete, is uh, is or is not on the banned substance list. You got CrossFitters all over the planet now <laughs> rushing to CVS to get Sudafed. <laughs> well, I got a oh tough lot. I need some Sudafed. <laughs> I need some Sudafed. I mean, like, clearly, I don't know everything that I'm talking about, but I just think that there's there's plenty. Like, I wouldn't be surprised all of a sudden if it was like, what's this in your system? You're like, I don't know. I had a bellyache and I took Tums. Or I didn't know I wasn't allowed to. Like, I feel like they're like, no, really, anything that you can buy, like, you need to make sure that it's just not on that list or else you are fucked <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah but then all the two things that were uh repetitive but i i wanted to mention them here because people always 
complain that, you know, the, or the drug testing is a joke is that, you know, all registered athletes are subject to unannounced testing, random and directed anytime, any place. And they have to register for that. Like they, if you're leaving town, you got to tell CrossFit, you know, like if I were an athlete, which I'm obviously not, if I were going to Montana <laughs> for the weekend, I would have to contact them and say, Hey, I'm going to Montana for the weekend. Yeah. And, then, and, and think- they could test me in Montana if they wanted to. Wendy Barber wrote an awesome, I don't remember if it was like an article or a blog or something about this last season where I thought it was, it was wildly eye opening into like how much, um, HQ or whoever, I'm sure this is for every sport, how much like pervasive sight they have into your life and where you're going and what you're doing. If you're a full-time athlete like that. And I was just like, wow. Okay. Like, I don't even, (laughs) I don't even want to tell my friends where I'm at this weekend. Sometimes (laughs) like, just give me a minute, you know? Yeah, no, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it and I can certainly see where the athletes, um, get frustrated with it. And, and particularly when, and then you've got everybody sniping you going, well, the drug testing policy isn't real. And the athletes are going, what are you talking about? Like I got to notify them right. every time I leave town. It's totally annoying. You know? Right. Um, hopefully they will tighten some of it up. I mean, you know, I talked to the twins about it and there wasn't as much drug testing at the sanctionals as I thought there would be. Like I thought, man, you're competing, you're getting tested. And that wasn't always the case. You know, I know it's expensive and time consuming, but I saw a bunch of drug testing, but you know what? It's like, they all operate on their own way. So, well, I guess that's the point of it being random, right? Yeah. So we got, uh, looks like we got a few more minutes to talk about a couple other topics. I wanted to uh, mention, um, so the ESPN body issue, we got a CrossFitter in there Ah, this time. That is so cool to me. Right? Who was it again? Cat was Catherine. Yeah, Catherine yeah, Davis. Catherine. I was disappointed. I wasn't invited. I got invited for the AARP body issue. Hey. I wish. <laughs> no, I you know I've had a bunch of people reach out to me and and send me the you know links that oh she's in the body issue you need to do something with this and I've absolutely refused for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, I think it's absolutely amazing that she's in. I mean, she's a fantastic athlete, uh, totally deserving. Yeah. And this is like really kind of the you know, the first time we've seen a, a CrossFitter like out on the main stage with, you know, the people that are normally in this body issue are like, you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron and, you know, the top athletes on the planet. So, yeah. Yeah. I also like love it or hate it. Cause they're like the body issues kind of polarizing, you know, in the way that I don't know, some of, some of, and sometimes anytime you talk about bodies, people are triggered, but I personally really like the way that they, are focusing on what the human body is just capable of straight up. And it's like not always a super cut people that you see naked in the issue. I mean, sometimes it is, and I like it. So it is, but like, it's not <laughs> always, it's just, it's um, until you look at it and read it and look at the athletes that they put in it. Sometimes you don't realize it. They're just really focusing on what, what we're capable of. And that's really impressive. And Katrin is absolutely deserving of being one of those people. Well, I'm glad they picked a, a female CrossFitter as opposed to a male because I, I feel like most recently, uh, and I tend to get messages on this too, that the female athletes get sexualized and the men don't. And I'm hopeful that what will come away from this issue is that, you know, the female athletes are viewed as athletes, not yeah. as, oh, look how hot they are, you know? Yeah. Uh, sorry for the loud crash. Bean's trying to attack me over here. <laughs> Bean is so into the body issue. Bean is such a dick. (laughs) Such a dick. Um, You know, I also just like to further that, I think that we're so much, uh, we are kind of like used to seeing that the 
cut ladies with the abs and the delts and the things. I mean, I feel like I just have like absolute blinders on when I step outside and people are like, Oh my God, you're jacked. I'm like me. Oh my God. (laughs) Is that a joke? Um, but it's true. And the rest of the world is not nearly as used to that as we are. So hopefully in addition to, you know, recognizing athletes for athletes, regardless of their gender, we're also like recognizing, like I said, what the human body is capable of regardless of gender. And it's just normalizing the fact that women are strong, men are strong, people are strong. It is what it is like moving on. <laughs> I know. And these CrossFit women are all stronger than me. So that works out. Amen. Um, well, congratulations to her because it's, I think that's a fantastic achievement. Great for yeah. the sport. Great for the brand. Like there's, I think nothing that's going to come out of this, but good things. So, Same. um, and then last thing, uh, it, this will be kind of a mini commercial, but you and I'll be working together at the CrossFit winter classic here in Cleveland. I'm so excited. I know that should be fun. So for those of you that aren't, um, from Cleveland or live in this area, but then hopefully if you're close, you can attend, uh, we have this amazing event every year called the CrossFit winter classic where, uh, they bring in games athletes who get to compete side by side with you. And they have, uh, how many events are they having this year? Three, three or four? Uh, it's going to be know? four events this year. Um, and there, if you follow um, the winter class on Instagram, you can see some hints as to what they are. And registration is going to open in a couple of weeks and then we'll give full descriptions, but it's just such a cool community event. It's, um, you know, something that you can do with your buddies, but also, like you said, something you can do with CrossFit Games athletes. And like, when are you ever going to have another opportunity to like, have a games athlete as a partner zero times. <laughs> yeah, it's so not going to happen. I, I was there last year um, in an unofficial capacity. I was actually competing. <laughs> and uh, one of my buddies was um, came up to me and he's like, man, we're going to the next seat. And there's some girl in the lane next to us who is just jacked. And I think she's going to crush us. And I go look around the corner and it was Jessica Griffith. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, she's going to absolutely destroy you. Trust me. And then she did. Yeah. You know? But, Good yeah. luck. Um, I actually got pulled into an event last year too, which was not, <laughs> not part of the plan. I was there doing media communications and social media and then someone's partner didn't show up. And like I said, it's a community event. So this girl was either going to have to go home and not compete after getting ready and preparing and whatever. Um, or yeah, girl could have stepped in and, uh, done a hero wad, just, uh, totally prepared for that yeah i remember that you killed it well there's going to be this year i don't know who all the games athletes are i know for a fact that scott panchek will be there yep uh, yep I and think, is doing the working on the programming as well yeah i think jessica griffith is going to be back she's um, on the list or you know, or maybe actually maybe not because i know she's going to dubai afterwards too mm, maybe so i don't know yeah unclear the, the full list is going to come out shortly but um, I think the coolest thing about this entire thing is that it's uh, it's done for charity. It's done to benefit the Adam S. Hamilton Foundation. And um, there's just, there's a lot of really cool community stuff that comes out of it. People aren't going to want to miss it. Also, we're going to be there. So, yeah. Well, and I plan to compete. Um, I don't know if they'll, if I have to get a partner, if they'll just pair me with someone. But for those that haven't been there, just give you like a really fast description of it. It's a game style type event. So imagine like a full competition floor like you see at the games where you're having to move down the floor with the big chess mm-hmm. pieces like it's you know it's really kind of intense in that way there'll be a podium with prizes at the end uh it's a gig it's in the the uh, convention center which is a gigantic space there's a big vendor village um it's actually uh it's comparable to the mac like in size um yeah you know, it always felt like regionals to me 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll be, they'll be recording it and the workouts are hard as hell. Like I nearly died yeah. last year, a couple of times, but there's um, also a scale division. Like it's not by any means for like games level athletes or regional level athletes. Like it's for us everyday CrossFitters. There's an RX division and a scale division and like real games announcers, the MCs on the floor, call your name. Like you're walking out onto the games floor. Like it's really neat. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. My, uh, well, I've got to wrap it up here, but my little thing last year, I had not, uh, quote unquote, come out as, as, uh, <laughs> as make wads great again, as, yet, what? as make wads great again. Um, and Jessica Griffith followed me, but she didn't know who I was. And I was doing rope climbs and I like came down the rope and I looked and Scott was talking to her and I saw him like tell her who I was. And she just looked at me with the most disapproving shake of her head <laughs> Just like, like, oh my hey. God, are you really that old guy? And then her and Jen, <laughs> her Jen Smith started trolling me and taking videos and putting it in their story. It was really, really funny. I was so like, fun. And when the master troll gets trolled, it was very meta. It was great. <laughs> that was I a loved great it. event. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. And uh, for those of you in the Cleveland area, please come out. If you want to hang out afterwards, Nikki and I will be drinking profusely, I'm sure. <laughs> and that sounds fun. like... Sounds like us at any event. Yeah, it should be <laughs> yeah. fun. So, Perfect. All right. Well, this was fun, Nikki. I appreciate you being on again. We yeah, will, of course. We will do this very soon. Uh, for those of you listening, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys soon.